said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, you know, today uh, I want to talk a lot about, uh, you know, globalism. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit with the election and uh, climate. We're going to get into a lot of things. But I was reading something. I was reading something that uh, was kind of profound, really. Um, and that is that there seems to be a a real acknowledgement now and awareness of what is happening in the world. All these advancements that the liberals keep pushing, the academics keep pushing, the pseudoscientists keep pushing, whether it's CDC or WHO or all the professors in all of our Ivy League colleges, uh, all the pundits on TV, you know, we're, we're all starting to realize that this is all being financed and funded by a super global monopoly led by BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And they collude with the World Economic Forum, who has penetrated the cabinets of all these different governments, and it's it it feels like it happened overnight, but this kind of thing has been long in the waking, uh, long in the making. It's like a snake, or a wolf in sheep's clothing, or or a con man, or an infiltrator, where they grew, you know, they they gained your trust, you know, whether it's uh, with your good with their good looks and their charm. And then they turn. You know, you could look at someone like Megyn Kelly or or someone like that who kind of did that, and a lot of a lot of pundits like that did that. And now I'll get Megyn Kelly's back, you know. But a lot of like Justin Trudeau, attractive candidate, right? Could have been a rock star. Could have been great. 
But he then turned on his own people. Joe Biden, Scranton Joe, everybody just, you know, he was selling the Scranton Joe. But it turns out this guy's a madman. Going by a pseudo name, we're going to find out. So there's just a lot to this, uh, this stuff that's going on. So Joe Biden hid his identity and used the pseudonym Robert L. Peters. Now, apparently that's a common thing among big bosses in government. They use these pseudonyms. So this isn't uncommon, I guess. But what's going to be interesting is when Comer gets the FOIL request for the National Archives to see what kind of quid pro quo Joe has been doing. Because that's why they impeached Trump. Remember with the Ukraine call? So election interference and pay to plays or, or quid pro quo. And Trump didn't do any of that. He said, look into Burisma. Look into why this Victor Shokin was fired. Look into the crimes. And that he, you know, he, he's been proven right on that, as Trump has always proven right. We got another story as that's uh, good news. Georgia State Senator in, uh, says, uh, Colton Moore, I'm officially calling for an emergency session to review the actions of Fannie Willis, the fake DA, the Soros DA, again, a globalist, that buys up, you know, generally these people that sell out cheap, you know, morons like Fannie Willis. She looks at a thousand bucks and sees a gold ring, right? I mean, it's basically uh, amateur hour. The Chinese, the globalists play our politicians like a fiddle because they're so cheap. And they they have so much power and influence. Because globalism doesn't work without America's contribution. America is the big cash cow. That's why TPP never happened when Trump pulled out. That's why Paris Agreement never happened when Trump pulled out. Elon Musk got upset, but Trump pulled out because it was a stupid agreement. And so these things, you know, it's so obvious. And what's happened, thanks to Trump, really, is what has happened is there has just been a lot of a lot of uh, awareness now. You know, when Trump came out with fake news, people didn't realize how fake the news was. I, I think I did because I wanted to write a book on media bias since the uh, like 90, 1990, about then. And Bernie Goldberg beat me to it. He wrote a book in the 90s called Media Bias. It's not a new concept. But he writes a letter to Brian Kemp and he says... America's under attack. I'm not going to sit back and watch as radical left prosecutors politically target political opponents. So he cites uh, that uh, we, the undersigned, being duly elected members of the Georgia House of Representatives and Georgia Senate, and comprising three-fifths of each representative respective house, 
pursuant to Article 4, Section 2, Paragraph 7, hereby certify to you, in writing, with a copy of the Secretary of State, that in our opinion an emergency exists in the affairs of the state, requiring a special session to be convened under the se- the, that section, for all purposes to include, without limitation, the review and response to the actions of Fannie Willis. That's the only way you're going to beat these Soros DAs. I mean, let's give DeSantis credit where credit is due. He went after that D, the uh, Attorney General, who has gone rogue. So we have that. James Comer demands NARA provide, the National Archives, provide all documents for VP Biden's secretary pseudonym, Robert L. Peters. I think James Coner, Coner, I think James Coner found the big guy. His name is Robert L. Peters, a.k.a. Quit Pro Joe, a.k.a. Brandon, a.k.a. Joe Biden. All right, so, but people are starting to figure this out. This has never happened before in our country. And this is happening today. This is happening now. The mass majority, I think that the majority is understanding now what this woman, Liz Churchill, wrote. She's got a big following. This got over 1 million views. What she wrote. I'm going to read it. We're literally at the point where the globalists are... Tell me if you don't agree with this, okay? (laughs) Tell me if you don't... I read this and I'm like, bingo. We're literally at the point where the globalists are setting fires and blaming climate change. Hawaii, right? Greece? I mean, it's not just in America. Um, We have proof that... uh, you know, what Gavin Newsom is doing is, is all over the, you know, is causing the fires and the energy outages and stuff. He's doing it on purpose, and, and he wants to blame climate change. So she says, we're literally at the point where the globalists are setting fires and blaming climate change, creating false scarcity narratives and sabotaging our food supplies. Bill Gates, anyone? While they forced... Billions of people, billions of people to be injected with their toxic genetic editing vaccines, so-called vaccines, resulting in over 20 million deaths. They still blitzed us with the promotion of incessant pedophilia and the sterilization of children. What more is it going to take? Does Satan need to appear on mainstream media to tell everyone what's happening? I mean, what does it need to take? What what does it take to get... And, and shame on the liberals for not seeing this. They think that nothing's going on. We're at war for our existence as a country, and they don't get it. And someone wrote a response to this and said, and even then, some will ask for the source. (laughs) And the same person responded to that comment and said, 
Yep, laughing out loud. They'll say it's right-wing extreme, extremism that a photoshopped figure appeared on TV and everyone questioning it will, will be labeled as xenophobic and a climate change denier. I mean, that's where we are. So, I mean, that's exactly what what we're, what we're doing right here. I, I haven't heard this. This was a, let's see. Oh, yeah. So they, someone just put the, I just saw this for the first time. I'm going to play it. I haven't heard it. I hope, I'm pretty sure there's no curse words, but. Um, all right, so we're going to go ahead and play this. It, it's basically this. It says, uh, MSNBC, a bunch of pundits like George Soros, the devil in a suit, and some pundit, some anchor, right? Let's take a listen. I'd like to thank my friends at the World Economic Forum for their assistance in helping with our campaign of terror. I mean, we couldn't do it without them. Setting fires, the fake climate crisis, sterilizing children, promoting pedophilia, and the starvation that's coming for billions when we create the food shortage. But there will be peace in the grave for the billions who die. <laughs> that was pretty funny. All right. Yeah, that was a risk playing that without seeing. You know, one other thing, there was a picture posted up on social media in, in lieu of this. And it said, Tiananmen Square before the massacre. And they were, you know, having this big festival or protest or whatever it was doing. And there were these young Chinese people dancing and acting like, you know, a scene out of the 60s, right? And it's just, you know, when you see it and you think, oh, okay, moments later they were massacred. That's what you get when you get, uh, you know, you can't have this whole concept of new world order and globalism, one world. You know, I was listening to uh, yesterday, I was, I, I, the song Imagine came on. Imagine there's no heaven, you know, it, it's, it's all that you know, John Lennon song, right? And it's like, imagine all the people living in the world uh, as... as uh, as just one people, no countries to, to, to speak of, no army to die from, no conflict to die from. You know, because the concept of one world is that it's just one big utopian world and no one's going to, conf- uh, you know, go to war with each other because they're the same entity. But think about it. When has it ever been a good thing that so f- the so few people would would over would be uh, po- so powerful as to control so many people so anytime you have like a few controlling many and the greater that ratio happens so you know one, a few people at the top and the whole entire world billions of people that's not a good recipe. That's not a recipe for utopia. No matter how they try to sell it, this one world concept, it would never work because 
there's always going to be this endless corruption and there's always going to be these slaves and injustices, especially because that breeds monopoly. The monopoly is at the top. And anytime you have a monopoly, we've seen this. With BlackRock-owned companies, despite the fact that Target has lost like 28% market share, and nobody likes them anymore, and despite, despite the fact that Bud Light took it on the chin, they're going to do it again. They're not going to learn like that's not, that's not a lesson they, want, they need to learn. Because at the end of the day, somebody's going to go to another store other than Target or buy another beer other than Bud Light, and BlackRock... You know, um, Larry Fink and State Street and Vanguard are still going to profit. So they really don't care about the middle. If they if that costs middle class people their jobs, driving the truck, the beer truck, or they don't care. You know that's what they're doing. They're they're starving you. They're taking away your energy. They're they're causing inflation on purpose. They know better. And it's it's crushing the middle class, which is the only class of people that actually thinks independently. Because it's the elite class that already has it in the bag, and they're going to kiss the ring, and, and you know they're not going to ruffle the feathers. They have too much to lose. They have too much to risk. It's sort of like when you finally make millions and you make it in Hollywood, you can no longer be the maverick at the microphone that you once were. Because everything you say is going to be scrutinized and it's going to cost you. And if you're the poorest of the poor, well, you're going to be dependent. You're going to kiss the ring because you need some gravy. Because you're poor. You need a handout. So it's that middle class that tends to be Republican and loves Donald Trump. And the reason why is because they're able to think for themselves. But that's not good. The globalists don't want that. The globalists don't want you thinking for yourself. They want to control everything you do. Whether it's that pool you want to put in the back of your yard or building a deck, they want to tell you how you could do it, what you could do with it, when you can do it. They want to tell you everything. So in light of what we've just been talking about, someone else, Lady Liberty, writes 1,000%. Way too many sheeple complied for far too long. The test of globalists was a complete success for them, unfortunately. Was maddening to watch. I couldn't believe it. So many who couldn't think for themselves used critical thinking. Now they are emboldened as ever. Well, that's it. It started with Obama. Obama saw this. Because he, he practiced it at a local level. And he took his show on the road, and I think he was even surprised. I think Barack Obama was surprised about two things. I think he was surprised, firstly, that that he could get away with the things he could get away with. That's first. Secondly, though, I think he was surprised at how resilient the American economy was. And But after eight years of Obama, the economy was strained. Trump came in and righted the ship, got out of all these 
TPP and Paris Agreement said, I like regular light bulbs. I don't like these fa- you know, fake light bulbs that you can't, um, you can't uh, recycle. Uh, I like uh, free, free, freedom of choice. And that's something Trump just said recently. I think we might have a clip for that, where he likes freedom of choice. You know, you can have your electric vehicle, but you're also going to have a choice with the combustible engine, fossil fuels. You could have your electric stove, but you could also have a choice of a gas stove. He's basically saying electric is fine with me, but it has to compete. You can't just take out all the competition and allow all the globalists that bought into this technology and are over-leveraged with it, um, let them profit from this mandate, this subsidy that's, you know, it's basically conservative tax dollars are subsidizing and propping up their industry for their political purpose and their, their financial gain. Look, there's a meme here. I'm going to read it. If you allow the government to break the law for an emergency, they will create emergencies to break the law. Is that true? I think it's true. All right. We're going to switch gears and get to a couple of other things. Fairfax County Public Schools just told parents that they will be defying governor, gov, gov, the Virginia governor's final guidance that directed schools to abide by the names and pronouns listed on students' officials' records unless parents officially request otherwise. So they're basically saying that they want children to be able to identify with a certain pronoun and they can feel free to do that and it'll be a secret. They won't tell the parents. So... You know, that's what's happening is that's a level of indoctrination that we've never seen before, where school boards and school systems are basically saying children have a right to be groomed to be and to be encouraged to pick a pronoun and, and also be hazed if they don't, by, by a teacher, no less, shunned and shamed. And an outlier pushed and prodded to do these wildly weird things of picking pronouns. Like people don't know you're a boy or a he or a him. Like what What are they, morons over there? These liberal libtards? They got to be morons to not be able to say that's a she and a her and that's a he and a him. And then that's it. You know, that's a mother or an aunt. That's an uncle or a father. It's pretty simple. We got it. And that's that's about the extent of pronouns that they should be teaching in our schools. Jeez. It gets worse. You know, the big frontier, I just wrote an article and submitted it to AARP on artificial intelligence. And... Um, I have a new article. I'm going to be posting all of my articles that I've written so far at AARP up on my social media over the weekend. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But uh, in any case, um, ChatGBT, 
Very powerful tool. You can have it do just about anything. It's pretty amazing. Um, well, it turns out that the OpenAI artificial intelligence chatbot shows a significant and systematic left-wing bias. <laughs> Big surprise, right? But that's scary, folks, because they're going to actually make that the standard, ChatGBT. Sort of like the voting fraud is the standard now because of Dominion. So bombshell report here. It's not really. Uh, we already covered this. Joe Biden hid his identity and used the pseudonym Robert L. Peters. Well, we'll see what happens there. All right. There's something else going on. Okay, we've got the debate, uh, Republican debate that I don't think Trump should show up for. Um, but it turns out that Ron DeSantis' super PAC which is not allowed to groom and guide candidates, uh, turns out that they put a strategy memo together and directed DeSantis indirectly, but yet direct nonetheless. Let's take a listen. As Ron DeSantis works to hang on to second place... This debate strategy memo shows that the Florida governor is reportedly planning to take a, quote, sledgehammer to Vivek Ramaswamy on the debate stage. As the 37-year-old has now doubled his support in the latest Fox national polls and prides himself on not being a career politician. This isn't just a temporary surge. This is just the beginning of what's actually going to change in this race. According to these documents first reported by the New York Times and posted online by the chief pro-DeSantis super PAC, DeSantis is being advised to go after Ramaswamy and call him Vivek the fake. He's not faced. The way I'm preparing is by talking to voters. That's actually what I think matters more than getting prepped memos from super PAC paid political consultants with pre-prepped robotic attack lines. Still, the former president sits in the top spot, confident he's the best choice for America. They don't have common sense. They don't know what they're doing, and they're destroying our country. We'll turn it around fast. And with less than a week until the debate, Senator Tim Scott spending $8 million on new TV ads in Iowa and New Hampshire, dishing out the most on any ad blitz of any presidential candidate so far. Anything that surprises you about the polls when you look at them? you know, I think the what surprises me is that you've got some candidates that spent millions of dollars in ads and it hasn't moved any numbers. And tonight, Brett, as the fair in Iowa winds down after several days, some candidates will be heading to Atlanta, Georgia, where they will be campaigning and speaking to voters there. That includes Tim Scott, Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And tonight, it's important to point out that Politico says in some new reporting that the Biden team is worried that if Nikki Haley gets that nomination, they could be in trouble. Brett? (laughs) That's how stupid Biden is, okay? They're trying to... (laughs) That's reverse psychology right there is what that is. They're like, the one we're really worried about, the one that we think could beat us is Nikki Haley. Not Donald Trump. Donald Trump, we want to run against him. That's why we're, you know, doing all the things we're doing against him. It's absolutely absurd, right? Absolutely insane to believe that. And maybe that's reverse reverse psychology, but my bet is on what is right for America. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to follow my gut, my conscience, and I'm basically going to go with that. How about that? You know, I'm just going to pick the guy that's right for America. And um, 
We'll see about that. You know, we'll see what happens. Let the chips fall where they may. But live your truth. Live your gut. Right? That's where, tr- that's, and that's the Trump vote. But, uh, yeah, they constantly are doing that kind of stuff, that scheming. They never say what they mean. They never mean what they say. They're just a pack of liars over at the Biden camp. I can't even believe, though, that, like, the, if you look at the Fox News polls. I was watching some polls yesterday while I was on the treadmill. And they they have this, uh, uh, it was uh, Biden 44 and Trump 41. I mean, it was like a stupid poll. I, I just can't believe that half of America thinks Biden should get reelected. Uh, and not only that, elected in the first place. He was never duly elected. He was never fairly elected. We're going to cover a little bit of election fraud today. Uh, here's Donald Trump about the party should come together. I'm going to tell you why this is important after we hear it. Great polls just out, leading by 40, 50, and even 60 points. Who expected that? I, I did. I did, he said. Now, the point there is, by him being so high in the polls, it sort of immunizes him and neutralizes the prosecutors because it makes it clear that he is the front runner, the heir apparent, and the candidate of choice for the Republican Party and not to be picked on the way he has. Um, because the crimes that they're alleging aren't, the cri- aren't crimes. They're not crimes at all. Trump never committed a crime. So even to say it's a minor crime. Now, it's not even a crime in today's standards of politics. Not a crime at all. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all very strong, but also leading Biden very big. The sanctimonious is crashing. Perhaps the party should come together. People should drop out of the race. We unify and we beat Biden and the Democrats. They should be easy to beat because our country has never been in worse condition than it is right now. Thank you. All right. So the point there about the party should come together is I, I, I thought this. Here's what I thought. In 2016, I thought the way Congress should get together and the way that they would have served America best. I said to myself, everybody ought to put on a blue suit and a red tie and look like Donald Trump for just one photo op. Just one photo op. Basically saying, let's stand together. We stand with Donald Trump because he's the new president of the United States and we, no matter how much America, the media, no matter how much the media, not the not America, the media, um, how much the media trashes them, they're going to have to go against all of us because it's one, you know, one for all, all for one, right? They could have done that. That that would have been a smart thing to do. I would have recommended that. I recommended it at the time. And I think that the same thing ought to happen today. Our country. You know, they sit on the news and they talk about these fires that are being set on on purpose for climate. They talk about climate change and electric vehicles and they talk about all these different crimes and shootings and 
all these different issues. We have a war going on. We're about to be annihilated as a country if we allow the globalists to take over. I think that there should be news stories each and every day about shaming corporations, no matter if they advertise on those media outlets or not. Somebody needs to bring BlackRock to heel. And the only way we could do that is if the mass media says enough, enough. They'll advertise, play the same hardball with BlackRock that their companies in the downline, their multinational corporations that they own, the the dominant shareholder in, are dictating to the consumer because they know that where else are we going to buy our product? I mean, do we have a choice when BlackRock owns 88% of all the multinational corporations? Every single company, Nabisco, Kraft, whatever, you know, every single item. And if they're not owned by BlackRock, then more than likely they're not even going to have a place on the shelf in the aisle at the store. Because the store itself is told to only sell products by BlackRock, you know, or Vanguard. Only sell these approved. If you're going to sell a product from a corporation that's at odds with the globalist agenda, and that being a company like that's family owned and independent, and you're going to put that on the shelves, then you know, then it's going to directly compete with our agenda. So they're not even allowed to put these products. Someone starts a new business and they want to get, you know, and it's a really great product and they want to break into the market, whether it's a soda machine, soda can or whatever. And they can't break in because people won't sell their product. Just like Barnes and Noble wouldn't sell conservative books, only liberal books. You go to the political section, it's all liberal. Conservatives are writing books too, but they won't sell those. So, you know, it's it's all over the place. And I think that the mainstream media needs to talk about what a crisis this is, what an existential threat this is. But they can't because they're so afraid of losing that money. But somehow laws need to be passed that say... You got to have a certain uh, portfolio or diversity in your advertising. And campaign reform ought to take corporate money out of campaigns. They shouldn't have so much sway and swagger. All right, like I said, we're going to get to, um, we're going to get to, we're going to talk a little bit about James Comer here. Let's take a listen to this report. Uh, well, it's mainly Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family, Joe Biden. Breaking news right now, this from Capitol Hill. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer now calling on the National Archives to release unredacted copies of records from when Joe Biden was vice president. Specifically, we're learning the committee wants special access to emails related to Hunter Biden, Burisma, and the Biden family dealings in Ukraine. Newsmax congressional correspondent Kilmeny Ducart has obtained a copy of that request, and she has the details live from Capitol Hill. Good morning. Sean and Emma, good morning. We've talked about 
the bank records, the payments that Hunter Biden received from foreign nationals. We've talked about the committee's testimony, rather, testimony that the committee obtained revealing that then-Vice President Joe Biden met with individuals that his son did business with. This is the committee's latest efforts to fill in the blanks here on if there was any policy or influence uh, exchanged or promised as part of these deals. Chairman Comer saying this in a statement, we have already evidence of then-Vice President Biden speaking, dining, and having coffee with his son's foreign business associates. We also know that Hunter Biden and his associates were informed of then-Vice President Biden's official government duties in countries where they had a financial interest. The National Archives must provide these unredacted records to further our investigation into the Biden family's corruption. And here's what the committee is specifically requesting in that letter from Chairman Comer to the head of the National Archives, Colleen Shogan, he states, attached to this email and made available on the NARA website as a document that indicates at 9 a.m. on May 27, 2016, Vice President Biden took a call with the president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko. It is concerning to the committee, however, that this document was sent to Robert L. Peters, a pseudonym the committee has identified as then-Vice President. Additionally, the committee questions why the then-Vice President's son, Hunter Biden, and only Hunter Biden, was copied on this email to then-Vice President Biden. Now, the committee is specifically asking for any documents that name Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, or Eric Schwerin. Uh, again, those are associates of Hunter Biden when he was serving on the board of Burisma. And it says that the committee is concerned with foreign access that could have been sold that was compromised as part of national security. So they have a long list of documents as part of that letter that they are requesting from the National Archives as part of the Presidential Records Act and the Freedom of Information Act, and they want these unredacted copies. Sean, Emma. You know, it's suspicious, right? It seems suspicious. That CC to Hunter, that's kind of suspicious. Um, But on the flip side, don't get your hopes up because this would be sort of hiding in plain sight. But I guess what they were saying is they needed more proof that this wasn't an actor of Joe Biden, like Joe Biden, the actor, uh, with a private email. Because then you don't know, is this a scam? Is this someone portraying themselves as Joe Biden? Um, You know, acting, you know, they're talking about millions of dollars here. So they send through the system, but through a pseudoname, and they copy Hunter. I think that there's probably something there. But of course, they're going to be really careful when they decide to go about, um, you know, when, when they actually go about, they're going to be careful about when they email directly uh, through a government system. That's what I think. For something we've been talking about right for a long Comer. time. Admitted in his own law. Yes, it was. Uh, the, it's all a pattern here, Sean. 
Uh, this is something we've been talking about for a long time. The Democrats and their friends in the media try to say there's no connection to Joe Biden. Every day there's more connections. And I think these emails today are consistent with the timeline that shows exactly what the real quid pro quo was in Ukraine. It was Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. The WhatsApp message is very revealing. I'm sitting here with my father. Why didn't you keep your commitment? Um, They covered this last night, but, you know, this is not the clip I wanted to hear. Old news. Um, Let's take a listen to this. Chairman of House Oversight Committee, James Comer, joins me now. Sir, good to have you back on. Uh, I'm going to start off with a a pretty tough question here. I spoke earlier this afternoon with one of the many Biden whistleblowers. I'm not going to say who. Uh, But he really came at me and asked why the GOP is going so soft on Joe Biden while the left is just gutting, skewering Trump right now. They have four indictments on the table. And even with this mountain of evidence, visible corruption that we can all see, um, the GOP really doesn't feel like they're bringing out the heavy artillery. And I wanted to ask you straight up why that's happening. Well, Rob, I think we're going uh, as quickly as we can with the investigation. They're obstructing us every step of the way. I'm trying to be uh, transparent with the American people. It seems like about every two weeks we have another drop of information, major information that shows more criminality by the Biden family with respect to uh, indicting someone. If I had the power to indict uh, a Biden, I would have already indicted the president's son by now. But unfortunately, I'm in Congress and and we don't have the, the power that the Department of Justice has. What we can basically do is serve as a, a de facto general counsel, a special counsel. And that's what I feel like the House Oversight Committee has been well, let doing. Me ask We've you. been getting the facts. We've been leading the investigation. Uh, we're they, they could also pass laws to defund the DOJ. going to submit uh, everything we have to the American people and to the Department of Justice. We had a judge that listened to us when she was uh, about, you know, when they were trying to get that sweetheart plea deal for the president's son, and she took the information we sent her and rejected that plea deal. So I think we're making progress. It's just very frustrating when the Democrats hold all the power. When we, you, you have subpoena power, though, right? I mean, you can you can pull mm-hmm. these these business partners. There's there's so many of these 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 men uh, and women that worked with the Bidens that obviously know what, what's happened here. Uh, you know, get them in in front of you, grill them for hours. Uh, you have that ability. Uh, is there is there more you could be doing? Well, we've requested information uh, from all of the associates, every person that uh, you can think of that's named in the laptop and a few others. Uh, we've been communicating with, with several of them. Uh, with, we've are, they, are, them they, are they the, rejecting uh, you? Are they, are they fighting this? Or are they... there, there, there are some that are fighting us. It, it sounds, to me, this doesn't sound great. It sounds like a, a little bit of a delay tactic, right? Anyway. Uh, We're going to switch gears a little bit here. Same thing happened in California, it says. Governor Gavin Newsom pushed the utilities to spend billions on renewables and cut the budget for forest fire prevention. The result was more forest fires. When they were caught, they blamed climate change. So the real reason they blame heat deaths, blackouts, and forest fires on climate change is because they're causing them. Is it a coincidence that those who say civilization is unsustainable are making it so? You know, I mean, when I heard the one where they talked about 
uh, revent, you know, shutting down farmers to save our food supply. I thought that's just the weirdest, stupidest thing I've ever heard. But that's the World Economic Forum. We know what's going on, and more and more people are waking up to this. All right, so I want to get to election fraud a little bit. There are there's this clip I played once before. I'm going to play it again because it's in line with everything I've been saying about illegal voter registration. The key is it's all about voter registration, okay? All about voter registration. That that is the biggest part of the election fraud. The mail-in ballots and the ballot harvesting and the filling out and the getting paid to fill them out and drop them off, that's also big. And then you got on the back end, you got all three sections. You got the registration, which is the beginning section. You got the process of 30 days before the election. And then you have the election day voting machines either not working, out of register in terms of the lining uh, for the scan. You got abnormal amounts of adjudication, all kinds of stories going on in all kinds of ways. And it's always the Democrats that are running these problem areas. They're all very liberal areas that are having these problems. But let's take a listen. We discovered 10,000 people using the exact Social Security number. See if this one rings true. You take an illegal, you bring them in. They sign a piece of paper promising to pay taxes. What they get is a Social Security number. So the employers can take out the taxes. Put a pin in that. Here's what they do. In cities like this, let's think of... uh, a chicken processor. (laughs) They will bring in hundreds of illegals. They will spread them out across all of these plants and factories, giving them jobs. They're all using the same social security number. The IRS unconnected our names from the social security number. Now when you look it up, it just pings to see if there's an employer. If there is, it says it's good, it validates it. Why do they do that? Because all of these factories are giving them Social Security numbers. The government turns its back on it. As soon as you have a Social Security number and you go over to Motor Voter, pass the driver's court uh, uh, test, right? You get a driver's license. The person looks, you got a social, you must be a citizen. That's how they pack the rolls. By the way, those guys don't pay taxes anyway. It's taken out by companies. Our government's been sitting on $1.7 trillion slush fund that that one fund has still in it to this day. So if you want to know where the dark money comes from. By the way, that's what, $100 million in, uh, a month in uh, interest? I could go on. I now understand this is why they tried to kill us. And it's not stuff I wanted to know. It's not stuff I wanted to know about my country. It's not stuff I believed. But we have a uniparty. We don't have multiple parties. Everybody's benefited from this at one time or another. 
So I, I actually forgot about the slush fund part. So that's interesting. This part here. It turns its back on it. As soon as you have a social security number and you go over to Motor Voter, pass the driver's court uh, uh, test, right? You get a driver's license. The person looks, you got a social, you must be a citizen. That's how they pack the rolls. By the way, those guys don't pay taxes anyway. It's taken out by companies. Our government's been sitting on $1.7 trillion slush fund. Wow. So the tax never is legal. So it, it it's not legal tax. So it goes into a slush fund. All that payroll tax. The companies take the tax. They have to pay the tax. But they're putting it into a slush fund because it's not, it's ill-begotten tax. It's not legitimate tax. Wow. Okay, the guy you just heard, his name is Jovan, J-O-V-A-N, Pulitzer, like the Pulitzer Prize, testifying on how the Secretary of State at the time, Katie Hobbs, stole two elections. 10,000 illegal aliens using the same exact Social Security number voted on November 3rd, 2020, subverting American democracy. And you can look that up. I post that on my Twitter. Wow. Take a listen to this. This is another example. Hello, everyone. I'm a journalist with O'Keefe Media Group, and I was the one who met with Adam Seeley undercover two years ago in Atlanta, Georgia. We had discovered thousands of people registered to vote at the food closet Amea's house where he was the managing director. In Mr. Seeley's own words, he told me that they had a couple thousand people that were using the address at Amea's house for their voter registration. And it's probably a couple thousand people that had our address registered as their mailing address for their voter registration. Oh, wow. I can still remember back to that day. I remember that when Mr. Seeley told me that, I was legitimately shocked. And I even said out loud, oh, wow. Georgia Code Title 21 Chapter 2 Article 15 makes it a crime for anyone who willfully inserts or permits to be inserted any false statement or other fraudulent entry on or in any registration card or ballots in connection with any primary or election. So if anyone in Georgia has any evidence that this practice of signing up thousands of people to vote at food closets and homeless shelters is still going on, please send us a tip at O'KeefeMediaGroup.com or sign up to be a citizen journalist yourself and we can expose the corruption together. But also stay tuned. We have new explosive information coming out. So check this out. How about this? When you see these Democrats, they're always Democrats too, saying, "Did you have you registered to vote? Have you registered to vote? And you write your name down and your address, and you're like, am I registered? And it's like, they have no computer system or anything. It's like, yes, you're registered. And then they take your identification, scribble out your address, put in theirs, and that's how they are able to get the, the ballots sent directly to them. And then they fill them all out, and they get paid you know, a certain dollar amount for however many ballots that they get. That's one way, that's one scam. John Podesta, for example, ran a nonpartisan, not, 501c3, like MAGAPAC and BugleCall.org are not, they have to be nonpartisan. We're not allowed to run a campaign ad. We're not allowed to pick a, a horse in the race 
as an organization. We're a 501c3, which means you can't, you have to be apolitical. Supposedly for vote, uh, so he ran a nonpartisan, in quotes, which is a joke, 501c3, supposedly for voter registration that was funded by left-wing donors, targeted Dem areas in 2020 swing states, and provided Biden with more votes than the margin of victory. Using a 501c3 for politics is illegal. Absolutely. Um, right here, uh, this was just a real quick part of a 16-minute video clip of, or audio clip. I'm going to play the We'll talk part. about statistical anomalies in three states in question. In the early hours of November 4th, 2020, Democratic candidate Joe Biden received several major vote spikes in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia, suddenly placing him in the lead when he had been trailing Trump by a significant margin. 8,954 individual vote updates were analyzed. Across nearly all updates, there follows a clear statistical pattern. However, a very small number of batches are especially questionable. The form- now, he gets into some great detail. I encourage everybody to listen to that. Uh, this explains why Democrats fought so hard to keep the citizenship question off the 2020 census. It also indicates that illegals are being processed with IDs and motor voter strategies by the CBP1 app and Catholic Charities. Let's take the a turnout. Listen. So I, I don't have time to show you every state in the country. So what I did is I added them all together. So you can see this is for the whole country. This is the 18 and older population, the blue curve. And you notice that as of, as of 1996, suddenly the voter turnout, the black curve across the whole country has been going up and the number of votes has been going up. Suddenly, we suddenly became more patriotic. I don't think so. And what happens is if you do simple math, simple math, you can say, look, the number of votes is growing faster than the population by about 10%. And that's basically where all the fandom ballots are coming from. If you're going to cheat with machines, you need places to names to assign to. And that's a well, that trend indicates that illegals are registering. And that's why they tried to get that census to un, un, take the box off that says, are you an American, are you a citizen of the United States on the census? And they argued that and Trump wanted it on and the Democrats wanted it off. And guess what? The Democrats, with the help of the courts, got it off. And now we have all these illegals voting and registering to vote. That's how come, like the the guy also goes into where California population declined, right? But their voter registrations went up. How is it that your population is in decline, but your registrations go up? How does that happen? That doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't. None of it does. Because we know what's happening. It's all about these voter registrations. So anyway, you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out org to help us fight uh, the good fight. Uh, make a donation if you can to keep this co- show commercial free. Use Red State over at My Pillow. And, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Just to bury right, my buddy. kids right up to there.